0: sammy
1: and i'm steve
0: and you're listening to rose plate special the most groundbreaking big suit wearing poetry writing uh bucket hat toting recap of the bachelor ever
1: in stunning low definition
0: dude oh my god it was like okay so there's so there's two things I or there well there's one thing uh, up at the front that I really appreciate about them recounting these classic episodes and and just deciding that they're going to start with Alex's season
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, because they don't want us to remember that Who Wants to Marry a Multi Millionaire exists. Yeah, uh, but I remember it exists and I will never forget it because I keep getting the year wrong in my head for uh, for the first season of The Bachelor. And it's because Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire came out in February 2000. And I always think about, about it as like a 1999 thing because it was like right on the cusp. Mm hmm. So my brain has always been saying, I've been watching The Bachelor since like 1999, when really the first year for The Bachelor was 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show that birthed The Bachelor, that that came from Mike Fleiss, is Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire? And I don't want anyone to ever forget that, because no. what a fucked up show. This is Rick um,
1: Rockwell Erasure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was thinking Darva Conjure Erasure because I, I, I actually really do appreciate her. Um, she was on like a Where Are They Now? Like I think on Oprah a little while back, and I, I really feel for her because yeah. she just actually seems like a very sweet, normal person mm-hmm. um, who you know, it's like. They they got married and their marriage got annulled like less than two months later. And I will never forget the moment when she looked at him and said, "I love you" on stage. (laughs) On within three hours, you know, it was like it was the the craziest thing I've ever seen. And they also didn't see who he was or what he looked like um, until. Until like further on in the in the competition, if I remember correctly, so it, it was a lot like what was that show that they tried to do for like five minutes, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, this is just who wants to marry a multimillionaire." Um,
1: Are you talking about the the one from a few years ago, or the yeah the one that, yeah oh, the proposal? Is that what you're thinking? The of?
0: proposal, the yeah, 2018? It's the sa- it was it was the same show. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, and and this is this is important to know too because I, I'm interested in the way that The Bachelor has sort of molded its own history and legacy. And I think a big part of it is it's got to be because Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire originally aired on Fox, right? And we know The Bachelor as an ABC property. So part of it's got to be a Mm -hmm. rights issue. And then the other thing that gets dicey is, so you have Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire, which then sort of branches off and you get The Bachelor on ABC. But then- A few years after The Bachelor starts on ABC, then Fox brings back who wants to marry a multimillionaire, but it's called like Joe Millionaire, right? Yes. And so that's its own thing. So it's this giant, like complex web of reality soup.
0: And I don't think that was a Mike Fleiss property. I don't think. Joe Um, Millionaire? um,
1: No, I don't don't believe Joe. So,
0: So, yeah, because he did... Obviously, the Bachelor. He did a show called Superstar USA. Um,
1: Ooh, great branding there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> he also <laughs> really did a
0: show. Out. He did a show called The Will. Oh my god! What the fuck?
1: I mostly know I him did- as, as a horror movie producer because he he produced like a bunch of horror films in like the mid aughts, I believe.
0: This this show sounds like a horror film. He did. This is a television series that only lasted one episode. Oh, bummer. January 8th, 2005. Uh, it centered on the, in quotes, benefactor, a multimillionaire from Arizona named Bill Long. Ten of his friends and relatives competed in a series of challenges to win the right to inherit his prized possession, a huge Kansas ranch. Oh. And for some reason, it only... It only lasted one episode. Jeez.
1: And what is please. what is the show called?
0: It's called The Will.
1: Oh, The Will.
0: Yeah. So, so it was, you know, like who's going to be in the will? That's such a fucked up idea for a show. And then um, he also had he also had a TV show called High School Reunion. Mm. wait i feel like i I watched this show i remember this show. does that
1: need a tv show isn't that just called something people used to do every 10 years or so
0: you know it was oh my god i remember this i totally remember the show which is so weird because it was set in hawaii they had like um a handful of students like classmates who had graduated like 20 years before and they all um yeah they all like met on vacation and they were all given like labels like the class clown the cowboy like whatever and it was so straight i totally remember that another and show I to add it,
1: to the list of things that can't exist because of facebook
0: <laughs> yeah like i just and yeah it was like uh there was like romance involved and some people like got together and oh my god Oh my god! I just remember. I remember the show so well. Um, it was in two thousand and three and two thousand five. Um, oh my god! I wonder if you could watch it anywhere. I I'd be curious to like revisit that show because it was huh. such a weird idea. Um, but oh my god, you can watch it on Prime Video for one ninety nine. <laughs> Is it one ninety nine per episode? That's not worth it. That but seems if it's like, like a bit of a <laughs> One ninety nine for all of it. I will do it. Um, yeah. God, and their fashion is so early two thousands. It's so funny. Um, so yeah. So that's another Mike. I just now I'm looking at Mike Fly's properties. Um, but yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hostel, mm-hmm. those are the big ones for him. But uh, God, I didn't know that he did High School Reunion. That's really interesting. Um. Anyway, so they don't want us to remember Darva Conjure, but I'm going to because I'm a nice lady. Um, she, seemed, she actually does really seem like a, a sweet person. So I just I feel very protective of her because that's that was my entry into The Bachelor was that show.
1: Mm-hmm. She also um, kind of helped define the early reality TV show arc. You know, where instead of just going back to your normal life, you have to kind of like ride the wave. So she did. She definitely did Playboy. And yep. she also did celebrity boxing, which is an important part of the reality show arc.
0: Oh, my God. Celebrity. Got to get both those in. Totally <laughs> forgot. Um, Yeah, she. Yeah, she on her. I mean, unfortunately for for Darva, her like Wikipedia page has her getting interviewed for playboy like she was an emergency nurse she was a nurse anesthetist i mean she was like accomplished and then she you know not not to like i don't think anyone's like lesser than for doing playboy but after like i um i listened to um oh god what what was the name of that book i think it was down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. um the book that uh holly madison wrote And after I read that, I was like, oh, Playboy is so depressing. (laughs) It is so depressing. Like, it is, like, really sad. Like, she really laid it all out there. I don't know if you were, like, a Girls Next Door watcher ever. Um, I definitely watched that show. And she doesn't hold anything back in terms of the shit she went through at the mansion. And so it's like now anytime I see anything Playboy I I just get so bummed out by it. Yeah. So I was like I I mean I it's like you kind of always knew it was bad but then when you have someone really lay it out for you you're like oh yeah that sucks. Like and and just that the you know the the house was like it's basically like house on the rock quality in terms of the upkeep.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: you're like oh it probably like wasn't like all the rooms weren't at their best. It kind of smelled their No, it's, it's a dust like,
1: man house.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just like, God, that's really depressing. So, so I'm not like speaking ill of anybody like doing nudes. Like, I don't give a shit, like, you know, do whatever you want, but just like playboy in general. I'm like, man, that whole, it's interesting because especially in like early seasons of, uh, real housewives, uh, they would make a really big deal out of getting invited to the Playboy Mansion.
2: Oh, yeah. And,
0: and you're like, but it's just sad there. It's just sad. Like, it's it's sad and cheesy and dusty. And why is that such a big deal?
1: Hey, some great articles over the years, though. Uh, there's a 1977 Billy Joel interview that I think is one of the best pieces of music journalism ever written. So check that
0: out. I want to I read that. Well, you know me. I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. I did not know about this article. Um, so you're I'm gonna have to look that look at that uh no I mean it's weird right because he had such an editorial eye but like what a pig anyway um <laughs> so I was 14 when the bachelor started wow and wait no not even I was 13 because it was before my birthday in 2002 so I was 13 when the bachelor started and I i maybe missed a season or two in there but it was cuz i was like in college and busy like i didn't do it on purpose <laughs> i really haven't missed much since then uh but boy it was really interesting to look back and see what's been the same since the first season and what has changed a lot right yeah. so
1: i fucking love this by the way like uh, these recaps have been uh, kind of a chore just because the they're long. They're extremely long. These episodes that we're watching, and you kind of already know what happens. And the interesting parts are just sort of how they reframe and recontextualize things. But they tend to drag. Like I know, I know yeah, you, oh, you too. Yeah. Like you just like you know, fuck this. Fast forward to past this part. This I was like on the edge of my seat the entire time, uh, partially because I don't remember any of this. I didn't. I didn't watch this season. I was familiar with oh. it from like a cultural standpoint, but just watching it, just. Seeing it as an early example of this form of reality television is amazing. It's like it just made my like scholar brain like light up. It's so good.
0: It's really interesting because I mean, like I remember I remember like I wasn't a big survivor person, um, but Everybody watched Survivor, mm-hmm. like at least one season of it. Exactly. Everybody watched
2: everybody it. Everybody did, yeah.
0: And I sure did, too. And I was fascinated by it. And like when Big Brother started, it's like everybody watched Big Brother. So, um, and same thing. So like for me, though, growing up, the shows that I watched religiously and did not miss were America's Next Top Model and The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And I always watched those um i i mean i fell out once once america's next top model had like three seasons every year i was like i'm done (laughs) (laughs) like like american idol i mean you know american idol same thing i think i watched the first five seasons of american idol Mm -hmm. um and i think i was in like sixth grade when the first season came out and like kelly clarkson was my everything you know and then and then they just started it's like everything It's weird because I feel like with so many reality series, they just did them to death and then I got sick of them. And I don't know why. I I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm about to get sick of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I mean, these podcasts help me not get sick of it. But I'm like, how do they make me not sick of it when I've fallen out with so many other reality shows? now? I am going to say my all-time favorite reality show that I would give almost anything to be on. Uh only ran for a few seasons and it is a travesty that they never brought it back and, and what I don't is that? know why it's The Mole and oh. if you didn't watch The Mole or if you didn't like The Mole like you should probably just stop listening to this podcast right now cuz we're never <laughs> going to get along. Um, All of
1: our listeners are leaving.
0: No, come back. Come back. I'm just kidding. Um, but seriously, Anderson Cooper, Anderson Cooper hosts. This was this was little baby Sammy's introduction to Anderson Cooper. Um, and he hosted the mole. And then Ahmad Rashad hosted it afterwards. And he did like the celebrity seasons. And like, like Dennis Rodman was on it. And like Kathy Griffin and like all these, but, but the, but the best seasons were like the normal people, not like the celebrity ones were pretty good, but the, but the average Joes were really amazing. Um, but it's, it, but it's interesting, like watching this, my point is watching this season, these two seasons being recapped brings me back to all of those old reality TV show days and that conversation that I I feel like I mean, I remember having these conversations. I remember seeing this on like the news or something where people were like, reality TV is a fad and it is going to die out and there's no way it's going to last. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, we might as well take advantage of it while it's here or whatever. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. Like, I remember being like, I don't. This just seems like this is what things are turning into. But I think but then you started hearing the cautionary tale of it's going to be only reality TV and no good TV is going to be left, which is so wrong because we are living in the best time for TV ever. Yeah. Um, And it's getting better. Yeah. It's all crazy. Like this weird alarmist shit. All started in like the early 2000s when reality TV and game shows came back, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, game shows were a thing in the 50s and 60s and 70s, and like every decade, game shows come back. Yeah. We have an and, entire
1: and, network dedicated to game shows. There's actually yeah. two networks dedicated to game shows.
0: <laughs> it's like, and no one complains, and you know, and people are we're like, oh, who wants to be a millionaire? Well, there goes you know, there goes TV. Like, it's just. It's totally what what just, were
1: you mourning in 1999? Like, oh, they don't make them like MASH anymore. Like, what the fuck well, is wrong with you? <laughs>
0: well, to be fair, Seinfeld, right? Yeah, um, sure. Cheers Seinfeld. ended not too long before.
1: It's like Seinfeld by if you look at it as as like this exceptional defining sitcom or whatever. How how many Seinfelds are there or have there been? Like even if you look at sitcoms in the '90s, it's not like a lot of that shit is exceptionally good. There's things that you remember, like you Murphy remember Brown. the
0: Murphy Brown.
1: <laughs> Murphy Brown, there you go. Some <laughs> news, people news like
0: radio? News, news radio, news radio, yeah. Okay, but it's like um, this, this
1: golden age of sitcoms. It's like. A lot of that shit wasn't that good. If you go back and watch it, good Lord. I mean.
0: Yeah. Home Improvement was really terrible. And we should all feel terrible for watching it. But, but I mean, but no, I mean, I think we did think we were living in a special time. I mean, I'm just going to advocate for some of the best sitcoms that came out of that time because I feel like they shaped me into who I am. Uh you know? also. Oh,
1: oh, Fraser's good. Fraser's good. And I, just
0: Just Shoot Me was excellent. Just an excellent show. Um, I think Just Shoot Me was kind of underrated. Will and Grace was revolutionary. That really changed a lot yeah. uh on TV. Um but yeah, then we had all that dumb shit like home improve.
1: Yeah, but um, but okay, so first of all, I just I just want to as a brief aside, did you know that there's a home improvement rule at my house? So
0: what's the home improvement rule?
1: there's a channel like it's like it's like an over the air channel called like laugh or something like that and they just oh yeah 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 they just play like shitty old sitcoms like back to back to back to back all day every day and they do like a two and a half three hour block of home improvement
2: <laughs>
1: and susan's rule for me is i can only keep the show on Until Tim Allen makes the noise and then I have to turn the channel. (laughs) So I get one uh, and then it's gone. It's done.
0: (laughs) And then it's done. I mean, he's just such a horrible person. Um, But well, and like Golden Girls, I'm just, you know, I'm like there. My point is, and like Fresh Prince, there were a lot of really good sitcoms in the 90s. But if we look at compared to what we have now, but I do think we were coming out of like, cause like TGIF and must see TV and all of that shit was really big. And like sitcoms were like a big part of our culture. And even if some of them were surface level, like friends or whatever, it was, that was really important to people. So mm-hmm. I do think, and then, and then I, and maybe, and this is me just really speculating, but maybe this is like going into that whole, like the idea of how media changed after 9-11, um, you know, and like they talked, there was like an article I read. In school, I don't remember what class it was in, but it was in grad school um, where it was like before 9-11 and after 9-11 and how media changed. And afterwards, on shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, for example, um, all of the characters started wearing shirts with flags on them and all kinds of weird shit oh. like that. Like,
1: just Everyone like had to have into... their very special episode, too. The yeah. Where were we when the towers fell? Episode.
0: Yeah, it's really, I was really interesting. So I think, you know, we were in a really um, uneasy time. I mean, now a 9-11 of people die every day, but uh, apparently we're over it. Um, but uh, sorry, I'm just really salty right now about all the 4th of July parties I saw last weekend. Um, but Yeah, like we were in such a weird, uneasy time. Everybody was really like uncomfortable and feeling like there was like no safe place to land. And I think people were looking for permission to laugh and permission to feel safe. And it was like the same time that sitcoms started to peter out and game shows and reality shows started to increase. And I wonder if some of that like reaction was because of the time we were in and people just like wanted that comfort of a sitcom where it's like, nothing is going to change. Everything is going to stay the same. At the end of the episode, we will be no farther than we were before. And we went, and then, you know, you look at the mid two thousands and we went from that kind of a sitcom to one that is like, you know, single camera, um, episodic where you actually watch the characters grow and change mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the same and there could be dramatic shifts in, in the characters and that was that was pr- fairly new territory too to see that as like the norm and like no one was ready for arrested development um and anyway um so i don't know if that has anything to do with anything that's just me putting uh <laughs> putting putting a time and a reaction together but but i know there was that like quest for safety right sure
1: sure I, my biggest takeaway just aesthetically on the surface of of watching this season for the first time or at least the condensed version that they gave us i love how raw it is because you know reality tv has evolved in a way where it's almost funny that we can just use reality TV as a blanket statement because there's so many different variants on it that it doesn't seem fair to just be like, "Oh, the Bachelor's reality TV," but so is the Real Housewives, and so is this, and so is that. And it's just like, and then there's yeah. that weird in between shit like The Hills. Like, what are, what the fuck is even The I hills? was
0: gonna, I was <laughs> just gonna say The Hills. I like because The Hills was so interesting too because it was like. It was like, here's something that has this insane production value that no other reality show has. But then it's halfway scripted. And I don't know if you've ever read any of Lauren Conrad's books, but I have. Uh, so don't worry. Uh, and she and and you know, she had these like fictionalized books that she wrote. Um, God, what was the name of that series? Um But she, but she wrote these fictionalized books about basically, I mean, it was like very thinly veiled real experiences Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's like, she would get a text message from producers and they'd be like, you have to go here and have this conversation with so and so. And, you know, it's like, I think more and more too on Bravo, we're finding out that that kind of stuff is happening, but there's, they still try to convince us, no, the emotions, the reactions are real. It's like, well, I, you know, how much of that is really real? I don't. I
1: yeah don't know. yeah but um, just just the the rawness and i know that's kind of like a cliche or whatever but because the bachelor's point of reference was competition reality like you know survivor but also the real world is still a big fucking deal at this point in time so a oh, lot yeah. of the like reality aesthetic sensibilities that that they drew from are kind of based in that so when we're watching the bachelor and even when you look at the first season of the bachelorette like there's this jump in the production and how they're presenting people but this first season of the bachelor it's like people look kind of like washed out they they're not like overly done up in in makeup men and women um there's people in even little things like people in restaurants actually like coming in and like actually you actually see like servers and stuff and which you don't normally yeah. see in the bachelor because everything is so staged and just all these little things. And then they go to the little side interview segments and they're these like super tight close-ups that are a little bit off. And 99% of the camera work was done with just handheld stuff. Like not even like steady cam in this first season. It's crazy to watch this. And (laughs) it's, it's kind of this, this perfect encapsulation of what, people are looking for and to a degree what they still look for. And that's why I think this season really resonated with me because, you know, people, they love soap operas and soap operas get shit on all the time, which they shouldn't because they form the no. basis for everything you fucking love. Well, and, and it's
0: like, look at their staying power. Yeah, like, look at their- they Exactly. They obviously can't be shit if they last for decades. Like, so, duh. The, and, yeah. and the
1: big criticism they face is, you know, it's like, oh, the acting and this and that and blah, 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 is people want that over the top drama, but they want to feel like it's it's somehow magically grounded in reality, Right. And right. that is the itch that this type of reality TV can kind of scratch, where it's contrived But there's this rawness, this realness to it. It's the same reason why I love professional wrestling and why I constantly compare The Bachelor to wrestling, because it's the same thing. It's this stage predetermined process to a degree where things are constantly manipulated. But as an audience member, we kind of let go of that and say, yeah, this is real shit. This is 100% real shit. That's what we're saying in our heads, even yeah. though we know well, it's not. Know,
0: it's like, you got the hero, the bad guy. You got the, you know, I'm not here to make pins. And we'll go, we'll go into that later. You got the prude, you get the, and you know, it's like they, we're, even with people's chirons, it's like, we're trying to fit people into specific categories and, and you're not going to learn everything about a person just from that chiron, but we're expected to see that and make a quick association. It's interesting because, um. I'm like, I'm talking to somebody about like, uh, corporate trainings, uh, right now. And we were talking about unconscious bias <laughs> mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, your brain. And it's interesting. Cause it works in this way too. He's like, your brain automatically makes associations, right? You don't have to, you don't have to walk into a room and see a chair and be like, what is that thing? That's kind of chair shaped. Hmm. Let me investigate. It's like, no, you just look at it and you're like, that's a chair, you know? And it's like, Just like when we look at new seasons of The Bachelor and we see um, Influencer, we go, oh, unemployed Uh, or, you know, whatever, like all of we can we can tell right away which bullshit chyrons mean they're unemployed. Um, So I it's, it's interesting to see the associations that you make early on and the characters that get formed early on from that stuff. And it's it was cool to me to be like, oh, yeah, all that stuff started in season one and continued like that. That has been constant the entire time. Um, yeah, I'll agree with you. I all of the all of the shots, all of the takes, all the conversations uh, just feel rough around the edges. Not as everything's so tight uh, in The Bachelor now, mm-hmm. and just in reality TV in general, everything's really tight and snappy. The editing uh, is done in a really deliberate way, and the qual- obviously the quality of film is better. Uh, the w- the way that they're producing people is better, so that they get them to say what they want them to say. The manipulation has definitely uh, ramped up.
1: Yeah, but it's and these are people that have too. grown up on on reality TV, so they they understand the language right. and and the way that these things work. Like that's wired into their heads now. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's ahead.
0: really true. No, that's okay. Um, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but they. Who? I'll, I'll remember it. Um,
1: it's okay. That's my job on this show is to interrupt you and speak over you so that you forget important information.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but no, they, they, they're being really honest in what they're sharing, but they're not being directed about the specifics of what they need to say. Um, but yeah, you could just, yeah, I, I guess my, I'm sure I had a bigger point, but, but the point I will make is that, yeah, the manipulation you can tell has gotten greater over time. The production value has gotten greater over time. And, oh, that's what I was going to say. It was interesting to see in the, see, I just had to repeat it to myself. It was interesting to see in the first season. Um, and this is something you hear from almost every contestant, except for someone like, um uh, Charlene or whatever, that's her name, right? Um, that, that it, uh, it felt so much more intense to them than they expected. And it's interesting to even hear in the first season, you know, and see these women crying and hear them say, yeah, this was so much heavier than I thought it was going to be. This was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I didn't think I would get this emotional. I didn't think I would get this invested, Uh, And I think that's really a testament to how consistent the show has been in terms of cultivating the certain atmosphere. And it's interesting to see the same types of dates done on a different level, but the same types of dates starting in that first season and persisting now, like when Chris Harrison's going through, you know, here are the firsts. So the first private plane the first trip to vegas the first rose the first kiss blah, blah 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 um it's the the things that i was looking at were like oh that's the first shopping date you know that's that first shopping spree uh you're going to be a princess date uh you know the first uh daredevil date or like go up in a helicopter date uh that's that's the first uh, just kicking it at home, do a normal stuff date because they they've done all of these things every single season. Mm-hmm. You're gonna f- you're gonna have a date where you jump off something or climb something. You're definitely gonna have helicopter dates. You're gonna have like a glitzy Vegas date or something similar. Uh, you're gonna have yeah, like a kicking it at home. You're gonna have a, the shopping spree date is one of the best indicators for who they pick at the end. I have to do the statistics on this, but I know that. <laughs> Because uh, I know that the odds are pretty good if you if you take someone on that chopping spree date, they're gonna make it really far um, and maybe all the way to the end. But it's it's interesting to hear these women, especially the ones who go on like those princess dates or those risk date. The things that. We know biologically are going to affect your mood and your hormones and the way that you bond with someone and attach with somebody,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, how affected they were by those because the conventions of the dates have stayed the same. Yeah even though the production value has gone up. Yeah, like they're now they film in empty restaurants or out in the middle of like, you know, some big gazebo or whatever and and yeah, I wonder I was also wondering like, yeah, do they eat did they eat the date food and when did they stop eating the date food? It I looks they, like they didn't were eating really it. show that, but I mean, yeah.
1: I saw them drinking at least and it looked like they were actually like moving their forks around and at least pretending to eat, so
0: yeah, it seemed more like they were eating than um, than in the past. I was like, I bet they ate the date food, and that probably stopped within the first like maybe five or six seasons. But I bet they did that for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it was so interesting to see some of the really low tech stuff that they did like (laughs) like trista her pool party oh my god like (laughs) where they just had that like really weak ass banner that was just like trista's pool party and there was like you know like a grass grass skirt type of uh you know skirt around the table and you know it's like oh you went to party city and printed that on your dot matrix printer and here you know here's your real shitty and she comes out and she and trista's like the sweetest right like i've i've always been team trista and she was just like oh this is awesome <laughs> it's like this is not I love awesome i like this sucks trista you really shouldn't feel that way um but it's also interesting to see I mean, we constantly complain about how we feel like the contestants because the process is so incestuous and that we have to have somebody who's been on the show before to be the bachelor or bachelorette, even if there's no one that redeeming and or it's just not a white person that you don't want to cast ABC.
2: Mm-hmm. This,
0: better, this better be a permanent change. This is a temporary <laughs> change. I'm out. Um. But, they, but it's interesting to see, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's guys who are really great. I feel like they do a bad job of picking the truly great guys who are the most accomplished and the most interesting. Uh, they seem to be bad at that, and I don't know why. But uh, the women they pick are always, I think, pretty interesting. I mean, outside of Desiree. But uh, look at Alex. I mean, he had all the degrees. He was... 31, which is kind of like the perfect age to do the show. It was also interesting to see how the contestants and the bachelor bachelorettes are getting younger. Yeah. Um, you know, now we're starting now we're going back to Claire, who's older, but but 31 on this show to some contestants in Bachelor Nation is like ancient. Yeah. Uh so it's weird to see someone who's like a normal age to start thinking about getting married, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, that's like probably, you know, he he said all the right things like I've I've done all of this. I've you know, I've gotten this far in my career and now I'm I'm ready for the next thing, which is like a totally normal way to be. And it's and then you don't end up with people like Colton, who is like, I'm just going to eat and talk to my camera about how stressed out I am uh, because I don't understand how to have a relationship because I'm a virgin who hasn't had many. Um, uh, like, wow, I wonder why that didn't work out for you. Uh, but so, so that, that's, that's kind of interesting. And, and at the same time, like we have these really accomplished people and I think the contestants were probably equally impressive, not to say that there aren't contestants who are impressive, right? There's people we, we like every year and I think would have been on it, you know, back in the day as well as today, cause mm-hmm. they are just like really interesting people, but, uh, it's it's interesting because they all look so normal <laughs> like there's they're attractive people um but they're not like TV pretty they're like just normal people <laughs> and I'm like God I really do miss that I miss. Uh, just seeing like Bob Guinea, but I love Bob Guinea and I will like, I (laughs) stand Bob Guinea from now until the end of time. I just think he's like one of the best dudes, but you would never see him on a season of the bachelorette. Now, like Bob Guinea would not make it through. And he is a delight, you know? Yeah. And I just like, he's a treasure as long as I'm now I'm like Googling him. Like has Bob Guinea done anything fucked up? But I don't think he has. Uh, (laughs) um oh he hosted um uh gsn live from 2009 to 2011 did you know that Um, i did not know that i just think bob guinea is a really like sweet dude um and i'm really hoping that he is still a sweet dude (laughs) but yeah i mean he's just like he was just like a normal guy who i think he now did he have some kind of he had like um he did like college football and stuff.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, no, he did. I'm saying, um, I'm looking at his Wikipedia. Um <laughs> <laughs> but he is like he was he was one of those people, like, yeah, oh yeah, and he he came back. I forgot that he had his own season. That he was he was the bachelor on the fourth season. Don't I he keep really? thinking that yeah. Oh. I keep thinking that he was um in like Paradise or something, but he had his own season. I haven't watched it in so long. Obviously I forgot. Um, But, but Bob was like a sweet dude. And, but he was, he's not the kind of guy that you would ever see, you know, these days. So it's, it's really nice to look back on these seasons and be like, wow, like, um, you know, the person who, who ended up with Alex at the end of the season, Amanda, like she's really pretty, but she doesn't, she's not like, uh, you know, unattainably. So
2: yeah, exactly. Where you're like,
0: I'm never going to look like that. Like she's very relatable. She's super pretty. And she's like, she was like into some weird shit. And I love that. Um, yeah, it, I like how bizarre, open like all, she all these was people,
1: too. I mean, yeah, they're, they're open and they seem, normal. And if you look at them, you're like, oh, this is a normal person I could see walking down the street where now if I watch a season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, all I see are like people that only exist on Instagram that would not give me the time of day. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was right. nice. I like normal people.
0: Yeah. It's just super nice. It's so fun to have somebody be like I like dressing up in Wonder Woman costumes just around the house and I'm a weird nerd and I'm like you're cool like I really like I I really liked Amanda back when the first like when I watched that first season I was like very pro Amanda so it was interesting to see her again and um everybody aged so well man because oh that was great. Cause 20 years ago we just all looked like crap. We just didn't know how to style ourselves. Like, no Mm -hmm. like that's why that's why tweens now look look so put together. Like, I don't know if you did you see that video? I think our mutual friend posted it, who was like, they were like tweens now, and then me as a tween. And it's like this girl in like a like a fleece vest. You know, trying to dance with Backstreet
1: like, Boys. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. To Backstreet Boys. And you're like in a garage. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I have that video. Like, that's me. That was me at that age. Oh, like, yeah. So it was just across the board. It was just every age. We were all just garbage at dressing ourselves. And we just all looked terrible. And now everybody, it's like, no, there's no way in hell you're going to look back on what you're wearing right now, 20 years from now and be like, I looked terrible. You're not because they all look put together. They do. they like no they know how to do things with their hair and makeup and they know how to dance and they're going to look back on that and be like I looked so cute and we're just like I want to die. Um so <laughs> like that's I mean that's that's the other interesting thing about this show is just you see normal people and they're wearing early 2000s clothing and and early 2000s clothing is just the worst clothing to ever exist.
1: Very unflattering.
0: You, you can't convince me otherwise. And um God, so many jeans. Like it's weird to see jeans on this show. Oh, and uh, shout
1: out to Trista's like hair tendrils. I don't know what those are called, but it was like an early 2000s thing where like Oh yeah. you pull your hair back, but instead of having bangs, you just have those two like side like predator tendril things.
0: Oh yeah, I had that. I did that. And I also did Trista's updo. Ooh. Um yeah, I did that where like where basically it's like you know, maybe you've gathered it all up with butterfly clips, and it's like you have no idea how many bobby pins that involves. But then, but then it's just like, oh look, little pieces are just effortlessly sticking out every which way, and it's like a weird, it's like a weird messy updo that requires like two hours of of, of work. And uh, I definitely had that hairstyle for some school dance, and and definitely dropped a lot of coin to do it. So <laughs> that was interesting too. But just yeah, like everything everything about the way that people were dressed and what they were doing and just how casual the first season was in terms of dress was really interesting because if, like, because Alex told, was it Shannon he took on the princess date, right? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so when he told Shannon, like, you know, dress casual and she's wearing, like, jeans and a T-shirt or whatever, like, that would never, like, if you're going to wear jeans and a T-shirt, it's going to be, like, you know, like, really flattering short shorts and like a and like a super fitted t-shirt with some like effortless jewelry or whatever. you know what I just put I mean? like, this
1: together haha
0: <laughs> yeah and your hair is done and you're and you're you've contoured your face and you know what i mean it's like yeah. casual does not mean casual anymore that's just no one would ever look like that um so that i really couldn't i couldn't get over it all. I
1: love Alex's look too he looks like okay so here's here's how I describe Alex to people. Imagine if you remove the skin from JFK Jr. Okay. You stretch it over James Vanderbeek's skeleton. And then you put it in the suit from stop making sense that David Byrne wears.
2: Yeah. That's
1: totally.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I will. uh, Yeah. I'll co-sign that. I I was going to throw some like Colin Hanks in there or somebody like that, but I'll, 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 I'll go for that. Um, yeah, but like Alex too, Alex is like an attractive guy, but he's not like unattainable. Like I'm like, I could go into a bar and get a guy like Alex yeah,
2: like that. Reasonable so like,
0: fitness. not a
1: problem. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't intimidate me.
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't intimidate me. He's like, he's like cute. And, um, he had like, he was smart and so I'm like, yeah, I could have gotten him like that wouldn't have been an issue. Like if if we were the same age, like yeah. no problemo, you know, so. So that's that's interesting to see, too, because, yeah, now I'm like, oh, yeah, none of these people would look at me. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just don't exist. I'm also probably already too old. <laughs> um, you're 32. He you must be dead. <laughs> like Oh, my God. Um, but yeah. So what else? Uh, I had something else to say about about that oh it was it's interesting to see all the little shifts to like the rose ceremony is very different now where the way they had it shot in the first season everybody was like in a big horseshoe shape and now they they like stack them on risers yeah and that's just so much more effective
1: and it looks like when they were doing the rose ceremony stuff, at least with the bigger groups, it looked like all the ladies were just like sitting around on couches and chairs and shit. I'm like, that would probably be great. Cause I can't imagine it's like now a rose ceremony is it's 1am. You've been standing in platform heels for two hours as they await to get the perfect shot. And this, this just seemed way more chill.
0: Yeah. I mean, of course they're, I mean, they've really built the drama up around those uh, for sure. So yeah, it's interesting to see those little changes also they've really cheaped out on the date cards because oh, yeah. in the first season they put them in these fancy ass boxes and now they're just like here's a piece of paper just take it. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, cool." Like it's not you never get like a fancy presentation for a date card anymore. No. Um, but it is cool to see too how people who are on the show for the first time react to the conventions of the show that we take for granted so things like the date cards or what is expected on a first date is so different now than it was to hear all these women say i don't kiss on the first date and to have um lanice like to have it be such a big deal that lanice got the first kiss and it seems like they were like a couple weeks in Mm -hmm. to the show and maybe she was I don't even think she was like the first one-on-one. Um, I think there had been other ones because oh, they yeah. got to Vegas. So and, and Alex um, was
1: freaking out too because he was just like, I don't know how everyone in the house is gonna react because I kissed a girl. It's like, what?
0: Yeah, it's so weird to be like, and and to hear these girls say, Well, you know, I don't kiss on the first date, right? And it's like, well, it's TV, so put on, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, but it's interesting to just just hear how our standards have changed and like our expectations have changed. Um And I think that's just, that is also reflective of where we are as a society. It's not just like a TV expectation thing. That's the thing that always, I mean, I know it drives you nuts as much as it drives me nuts when people are like, media is just ruining everything. It's like, no, it's a reflection of what we're doing. So it's not like, we're not influencing you. We're not, you know, like violent video games, like, you know, all that shit. That's, those arguments just drive me up the wall. I don't even want to get into any one of them, but- but these women coming on the show and saying i don't kiss on the first date is like i remember having that drilled into me as a kid like i should never kiss on a first date because that's just not done and i remember upholding that for a while like or you know and and thinking that it was a big deal not to do that because of respect or self-respect or mm-hmm. you know, he won't like you as much. He won't call you back again. These weird anxiety things where I mean I threw that out the window at some point in adulthood, thank God. But um I yeah, definitely to a point of
1: fuck it, who cares.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Fuck it, who cares? Or like that the man has to make the first move. Um all of my longest relationships were because I made the first move. Uh so I reject that uh wholeheartedly. There
2: you go. And- <laughs>
0: screw that get you know and even but i mean even that's a thing that's still on that's i mean it's it's less so on the bachelor and bachelorette now but i feel like it is still kind of a thing to you know when jojo is like waiting for wells to make a move it's like well why don't you just make a move if you want to kiss him just kiss him you know like it's not a big deal like who cares so there's still i mean there's still obviously a lot of gender norms on the show but um it's cool to see where we've come, where, you know, Shannon, I mean, we think that uh Madison is so, or, you know, or like Luke or something like that, like they're so repressed and why would you even come on the show if you expect, you know, The Bachelor or Bachelorette not to have sex with people? That's what the show is. And it's like, we all know that. We all know that that's that's probably... You know, going to happen because they're consenting adults, mm-hmm. and if the star of the show is not a virgin, they are probably going to have sex with somebody, pro- at least one person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just kind of par for the course. And like, we can or we can talk about it, or we don't have to talk about it. But it's just something that happens. So it's weird to see a character, a character, a person like Shannon come on. <laughs> she is sure character um to see shannon come on and be so um reserved and you know not want to experience express her sexuality and not want to think about alex being in the fantasy suite with other people and i mean i think alex did a really you watch alex as the bachelor and i think he made all the right moves and did all the right stuff and it sounds like he was a stand-up guy and nobody has anything bad to say about him it's too bad he doesn't want to come talk about any of this because i'd be interested to get his take on it Mm -hmm. um but he just seems like a pretty normal good dude you know And that he's just like, yeah, you know, you told me that it would be harder for you to stay and I don't want to make your life hard. So I'm going to let you go Uh, was a really interesting thing to hear him say. So it it was cool to see, like, someone set uh, a good precedent. And then but then we had the person who didn't even really want to kiss, at least not till later in the show. On the same show as someone who was so sex positive and ended up, you know, winning or, you know, making it till the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's interesting to me, too, that we did have that right out the gate. But I think it took a while for that kind of behavior to be treated as normal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Like a while. Yeah. Um cuz even with Andy's season it was weird, you know? And it's like in Caitlyn's season and well, The Bachelorette seasons, so it's always No, it's, it's We, way we worse always there. seem to go back in time and that's uh fucked up, but uh <laughs> but yeah, it, Shannon is so reserved that like Madison isn't anything like that, you know? Madison's not afraid to like kiss on the show or whatever. But she doesn't want to have sex because, you know, because of her religion and because of, you know, what she wants to do. And we think that's strange, but you know, you look at Shannon and you're like, "Wow, we've really come a long way." Um but let's talk about uh Rhonda real quick.
1: Okay. Let's talk about Rhonda.
0: God bless Rhonda. God bless um her. Rhonda created so much. Rhonda is a trailblazer, and I hope I hope she is given the respect like amongst Bachelor Nation that she deserves. Cause what a hero. I love her. I love her style. Mm-hmm. I love her personality. I love everything about Rhonda. And I remember like watching the show. I gotta talk to my mom about this too. I didn't yet, but I remember watching the show and being like, wow, this lady's a lot. <laughs> Like, she's really dramatic, you know? And she's, like, having a panic attack. And so it's, like, she... I mean, Chris Chris gave her credit for starting I'm Not Here to Make Friends.
1: Yeah. But she was also but, the first person to get an ambulance called on her in the house. So that's pretty cool. Yes.
0: And she was probably the first person who said that someone was there for the wrong reasons, too. Mm-hmm. She said that, too. So I'm, like, okay, can we please give Rhonda credit for, like... And was she... The can I steal you for a second too? Because I don't know about that. Her, but... They called her the aggressive one, so I wonder if I don't know if she was the first steal, but she probably did a lot of stealing. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: She's a gra- she it, should be in the reality TV Hall of Fame for sure.
0: Ab- absolutely, it's like I, it was it was a little creepy to have Chris say that Lenisa's lips should be in the Smithsonian. I was like, that sounds like uh, you're a serial killer. But anyway, no. like I really don't think you should be saying. Can that. we
1: bronze them first?
0: Yeah, and, and she's just like, okay, great. And she's like all on board and she's got her her rose stuff in the background. And I was like, oh, geez. Um, oh, she's
1: very serious about She loves that she was on The Bachelor.
0: Yeah, it's sweet. Like, good for her. But I was like, don't let him say that he's going to put your lips in the Smithsonian. That's fucked up. I'd like to put your him.
1: juicy lip bits in a museum if that's <laughs> so, all right.
0: <laughs> so creepy. But Rhonda really seems like she's like, really had a good run of things she just seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders and she she's got a good sense of humor about everything and i love her for that that she's just like yeah i mean maybe i was like a little dramatic or whatever (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh i love you forever you're amazing um so that those two characters i mean you know, it's like Linny's uh, paved the way in terms of like kissing, you know, before they were in private. But I'm really glad that uh, we're way beyond that. Because what a, I mean, it's so boring if they're not like making out. Come on. (laughs) Well, and it's just it's just unrealistic. It's like, I mean, Alex made a really good point. Like, how can I choose somebody to be with if they're not even going to kiss me or like get into a hot tub with me or be vulnerable with like how do I know that there's a physical connection there unless they let me see it you know like this isn't gonna work I mean and that's so true and I think he he had a really good picker and he was really smart about who he let go and when he let them go and you know like well if you don't if I don't feel like you're feeling it you know, why would I keep you here? And I think he could tell with Trista too that she was a lot slower to warm up. She mm-hmm. was a lot slower to be interested. And with Amanda, it was just like, yeah, I'm all in. So it's like, I mean, you know, he made the right choice. And it's and it's always interesting. I did forget that it didn't end in a proposal.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, that's big too. And yeah. it was interesting the way that they framed it because it didn't seem like, the proposal, like the proposal, was optional, but they didn't push it very hard. It didn't seem like, and also right. there was a this line where Chris was, he was talking. To Alex he was just like, yeah, like these are real women, and some of them I like you, and some of them I not, and you know that's just how it goes. And now you think about it, it's just like they have all these reaction shots, just like, and then the Bachelor walked in, and I was just, I was ready to lick butter off his pectoral muscles and like all this stuff for. Oh, the bachelorette walked in, and I was like, damn, that's the hottest girl I've ever seen. And this is, it, it seems realistic. Like, it was entirely yeah. possible that there were people in this house that saw him are were like, eh, not my type. That's cool. Well,
0: and they were really honest about, you know, like, oh, well, yeah, I'm slower to, you know, Trista said, well, I'm in like with you, but I'm not in love with you. Like, yeah. its it was just about being honest, and it wasn't about you know, staying on the show the longest to so that you could come out and get the most sugar bear hair endorsements and poop tea.
2: You know, it's <laughs>
0: like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I, I want to make sure that I end up with a million followers on Instagram. Like, no, you're just doing it. You're just, they had no idea what the show was going to turn into. They, they weren't in it for like the brand deals. It, it, it is kind of insane that Trista is still so famous today you know but Mm -hmm. but to her credit she's like one of the first i I think she was the first like successful marriage on the show that is still persisting and they've got kids you know it's like like for good reason she is like a success story that they tried out all the time she's very like photogenic and good on camera Mm -hmm. uh so alex is
1: just off the grid (laughs)
0: yeah it's so weird i'm like how could you not i'm still baffled by this because it sounds like he's still from the googling that i did it sounds like he's still involved in like media in some way so i don't know how they like can't find him like that is weird to me
1: it was so bizarre because the way chris arison was talking about it's just like we haven't been able to reach him he's unreachable it's like what does he live in the fucking woods and then It's like, no, he just probably doesn't want to talk to you. That seems like a more likely scenario because he's pushing 50 and he doesn't give a fuck.
0: Right. And they're like, well, and they're like, he's on Instagram or he's on Instagram. Um, I'm looking to see. Now, it's funny because I'm looking at Alex Michelle. And when you look at his profiles, they link him to all these like to Instagram. Oh, he does have a LinkedIn. um. His the Instagram and Facebook link to him are not correct, um, but I was going to say he's got he's got a Wikipedia entry, and it says that he's his profession is a businessman. Um,
1: <laughs> I do business.
0: That, I am a businessman. I am all about business. Um, so it's like I'm sure he's reachable, and yeah, he's a digital media executive in DC. He uh, is the managing director for Generation Consulting. Um, he's got like a very built out LinkedIn presence. He worked at Microsoft for seven years. Um, you know, he worked at like wealth management places. He was a producer for CNET. Um, interesting. So, I mean, he's been around, he's like done shit. Like it, they make it sound like you can't find him online, but I just found his business. Like, yeah. When they're like, we can't reach him. It's like, couldn't you just call Generation Consulting and uh, say, hey, is Alex around? Like when they're like, we can't reach him. I'm like, I don't know what that means. But there was a lot of rumors going around that, oh, maybe there's some kind of beef or, you know, maybe he did something to like piss everybody off. Um, But but those fears were quelled, you know, recently when. When Chris Harrison said, we'll have you on any time. So now we know it's not about that. It's like, yeah, he probably just doesn't want to talk to him. But they're so dramatic about, you know,
1: well, they have to, oh, let the bachelor we
0: couldn't we couldn't reach him. Like, I'm sure you could reach him, but he probably is just like uninterested. But I, that's too bad, though. I I wish. um I wish he would come on just once because I then and then it's like everyone would probably be like, oh, you're just living a boring life and their interest would be over. But oh, well, too bad. Uh, Let's. Uh, I know you've got a, a, a quick out here, but I don't think we have that much left to talk about. Even though we haven't even touched Trista's season, because they didn't really go through Trista's season that much. No, I will say now. Did you watch Trista's season as it happened, or no?
1: I did. I did not watch like the, okay. early, the early, early seasons of The Bachelor. I was, I was a rambunctious teen. I was not interested in reality TV the way I am today.
0: Okay, yeah. So this rambunctious teen was like really into all that stuff <laughs> and um i uh i was so about charlie um and i was so shocked that she picked ryan and i think a lot of people were shocked that, that she seemed
1: to be ryan. the consensus yeah
0: I was like so team Charlie. I thought Ryan was like way too cheesy and had bad hair. And I was like, his poems suck and I don't get it. But Trista loves that cheesy shit. She's all about it.
1: Oh, and I was like poems were oh god. Yeah,
0: and I was like, Charlie's like a man, you know? But you're picking like this like dork. But obviously, it worked out for them. I mean, you know, they are still together all these years later. They seem really happy and, you know, good and whatever. But what a strange, it was just that was so strange. Cause yeah, Charlie was definitely like everybody's favorite. But I think my mom, I've, and I'll have to, if she listens to this, maybe she'll confirm with me. But um, I think she was, she was Team Ryan. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> like, no. The fire he's the firefighter
2: poet
0: yeah and i was like no charlie is like is like you know he was like conventionally handsome he had much better hair you know and he just seemed like a very like strong and stable dude and i was like yeah dude pick charlie but yeah so so she kind of surprised everybody with her choice um but uh yeah i don't know um it's it's good to see how that all turned out. I don't have much to say about Trista Season because I think she was the perfect first bachelorette. I think she did everything well. It is interesting to hear her say, and of course this is how it was, that she was talking about how she was really trying to be careful with everything that she was doing because she was the first one. And, you know, she didn't people were saying to her, you know, well, you don't want to be perceived as a floozy. And she's like, Who the hell would ever say that to a bachelor? No one would ever say that. And it's like that is very true. So, um, I liked that she addressed that. I mean, we all know that that happens because it's like if it happened a few years ago, you know, it happened during Trista season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was she was very mindful of the way she did things. I think she was she was kind of the perfect first Bachelorette to to start off that side of the franchise, and we really have had such a good run of Bachelorettes. They oh, always seem sure. to pick better bachelorettes than bachelors and i'm gonna just give trista most of the credit for that
1: yeah she seems like a really great person and she seems very genuine and kind and extremely smart and also she's like what how old is she now she's got to be like 45 or something and she looks better than she did at 25 it's incredible so she's like reverse aging i i don't know how she does it
0: yeah, she's gorgeous. She's 47 years old. Holy
1: shit. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: she's 47. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Um, But like I said, our styles were all just terrible. Yeah, oh, you, yeah know? you can't get like, around that. Just really, really bad. But yeah, Trista's like perpetually gorgeous. And I feel like Ryan is just very bad with his hair all the time. He just every picture of Ryan is like. Do you still don't know what to do with your hair? Like you did something different and it's still it ain't it um i he's just one of those people that just like always has bad hair i think uh but yeah i mean they're what a what a beautiful couple what a match made in heaven they really do love each other um all right let's let's before we close address quickly the the quarantine check-in with cassie
1: oh god the, the big nothing conversation
0: oh my god well and here's the thing this is okay so i looked I was like digging a little bit because I was like, really, that's all we got. And then Cassie said on Instagram that she was getting a bunch of shit from people for what she said about Colton. And she's like, I didn't say
1: anything. She literally didn't say anything. She said she's like, yeah, we broke up. We're, we're it was nothing bad. Everything's chill. And then he's like, well, give us some reasons why. And she's like, I really don't want to because I don't want it to be misinterpreted and I don't want to say anything bad about Colton and blah, blah. She's fine. I mean, it wasn't good television, but it was good from the standpoint of I'm a real human being who had a real human relationship and I don't want to share the intimate details of that with a gazillion other people and without my former partner here to give you know his side. So it was totally normal.
0: Right, she was like, "This is a really sensitive topic, and so I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm not going to say anything that like I'm trying to be very careful. I'm not going to say anything that would upset him." Blah 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 blah. And you're like, "That's so nice, you know that that she's thinking that way, that she's being so sweet." And and then people are like, "I can't believe you would say that shit about Colton." And she's like, "Say what? I didn't say." anything and i'm like poor cassie because she was so careful and people still gave her crap about it and and that's just dumb that's really dumb um but what do you think happened
1: <laughs> i i think i mean the 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 thing that i i keep gravitating towards is just like they have this strong physical attraction that was very just obvious on their season but Clearly, there were questions about the long-term viability of their relationship from the beginning. I don't, I didn't think it was going to last. Uh, Cassie didn't think it was going to last. That's why she left and then came back, and it was a whole thing. It, it didn't seem like it was going to be great from the jump. So, of course, it ended this way. I think they're prob- they probably just lived together and spent time together. They realized that they enjoy each other's company, but maybe they're not as compatible as they thought, and they just broke it off and left on good terms as friends and that's fine alternatively maybe he's got a weird dick i don't know
2: <laughs> like well, she's shaped like a s-
1: u-lock
0: she said it was a sensitive subject so yeah i don't i don't know what that means um weird dick <sighs> i don't know poor food boy colton but I mean, yeah, it's like she shouldn't have to feel forced to say anything about anything, definitely. And she got really pissed too because her her footage got edited down. I I mean, she should expect this by now. I don't know why right. she was surprised by this, but she got pissed off because she was like, "Well, we talked about my tattoo and what you know, like what I've been doing and whatever, you know, like all these other things." And it's like. Well, they're not going to talk to you about that. They they had you talk about those things to reassure you that they weren't only going to talk to you about your relationship, but they're only going
1: the to they're only going to air the
0: details. Yeah, like duh. Like, is this your first time on the show? Like, come on, that's stupid. Like, you should have you should have fully expected that. So that I was kind of like, come on, you you cannot expect them to air footage about your tattoo in a two hour episode that's covering two seasons and threw in Demi and Nicole in there real quick. Like you're just, no, (laughs) (laughs) it's not that important, you know? Um, but yeah, they, and then she talks about like, we're going to stay in each other's lives as friends. Like that's going to last like two months tops. I think I don't, I don't really think that's going to last much longer than that. Um, So that is a really strange thing to share as well. But Colton left her for
1: his one true love, the old country buffet.
0: Yeah, like snacks.
1: (laughs) The problem was he constantly demanded that they go to OCB.
0: A a package of nuts. Um,
1: You never let me go to Golden Corral. You know, I love the chocolate fountain.
0: I I'll never forget just him just sitting like eating nuts because that girl with the last name with nut and it gave it to him. And he was like, those are the best shit ever. And then he didn't even like bring her through to the next round. And I was like, you really should have just for the nuts alone. Like she has been cheated.
2: <laughs> that was not
0: fair to her. But anyway, uh so this is interesting. Cause I really didn't think that they were going to air this at all. I was like, I just really didn't think they would cover either one of these seasons. Uh, so I was kind of shocked to find out that next week they're gonna be covering both of Brad's seasons Ooh. Ugh, Brad like I can't with like I everybody got annoyed with Brad because he just pulled the same shit twice so we're gonna go we're gonna next week watch him pull the same shit twice and everybody's gonna be annoyed all over again love so it. that's gonna be fun love it Brad Womack hot mess Express <laughs> 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 but until then uh you know be safe and. Wash your hands and wear a mask, and, and don't do needle drugs. <laughs> don't do needle drugs and don't be racist. <laughs> That's easy. All right, bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> treat boy, Cole. give me all the no
2: You
1: shake it, uh-huh. shake it, dick. dick like a U lock.